0: This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. I'm Coach John, and
0: I'm sitting here with Aaron. Aaron, what is up? Hey, John. Man, I'm doing awesome today. Excited once again to be in here, and I know you got a good topic that's going to be able to help out these new guys. So what's on the agenda? Absolutely. So today we are going to talk about easy
1: ways to make a good impression with a new company. Okay, so debuting for a new organization is exciting. It's also intimidating. So the pressure is on to make a great first impression and hopefully acquire a new regular place of work and a new set of people to network with. So today, let's go over a small set of habits that can get you in, a, in good, get you in super good, with just about any company or any locker room and have you set up to springboard into a brand new world of performing and networking. So real quick before we get started guys, Facebook and Instagram. All you got to do is type in at how to become a pro wrestler. You can find us on there. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Stay up to date with all the podcasts and all the other cool things that we bring you on a weekly basis. All right. So, bad habits lead to bad impressions. We've done a lot of episodes on the do's and don'ts in pro wrestling that range from from locker room etiquette to calling it in the ring. Okay. So today, I really just want to touch on. I mean. Really two seemingly minor things that can lead to leaving major impressions on company leaders. All right? So I'm going to dive right into it here. And this one is something that I have witnessed up close and personal recently. So I really want to hammer this to you right off the bat. This is one of the first habits that I need you guys to really think about. I want you to watch the entire Show and preferably if you can if you can manage this, I want you to watch it near some of the locker room leaders. And that might be the promoter, it might be the booker, it might be the the guy running the music backstage, might be the champion of that company. Who knows? But I want you to watch the entire show. This one is important for a variety of reasons. I want you to learn the styles of the other performers, guys, from their speed to their finishing moves. I mean, it's happened to me before. I've gone to a company and i've had my opponent ask me oh hey what's your uh, what's your signature move or what's your finishing move or what's something you want to do and i'll say it and he'll go ooh that's uh that's you know that's bill's finishing move and you know i've never met bill in my life bill's an established guy at this company i'm brand new i'm going to have to pivot tonight i'm going to have to do something different and that's fine that's something you got to expect you got to be able to do and it's also something that you learn from asking questions, from meeting, from networking, and from watching the entire show and the other performers that are there. Learn their styles. you know, Like I said, their speed, their moves, and everything in between. So watching the entire show is also going to allow you to gauge the audience. How reactive are they to, I don't know, a wrestling hold, a headlock, as opposed to you know, a wrestling move? How do they react to the DDT compared to the headlock? Or what about brawling? How do they react to the guy that jumped on the outside of the ring and started punching his opponent as opposed to the guy that put on the headlock or the guy that hit the DDT? I mean, what, what's the differences? They, were there any differences? You know, let, let me know. Because a different a crowd that's full of kids is going to really react a lot more to, you know, bigger slams and moves with some comedy and stuff involved. They really want that attention. They're going to react to just about anything. Fans that are full of just, like, hardcore, you know, adult pro wrestling guys – are going to really want some more straightforward pro wrestling with some real flashy moves mixed in there as well. So you got to gauge your audience, you know. And one way you do that is you watch the freaking monitor backstage. Even if you're the first match on the show, I still want you to go and watch the rest of the show after you're done, okay? that's Just because, like say, you go to a company brand new first time and you are the first match out there, That does not mean you don't watch the rest of the show, okay? I still want you to do that. You could watch the rest of the show, see how the crowd's reacting to other people, and be like, ooh, I should have done that. I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have known that. Next time I come here, I'm going to do that. You know, there you go. So, also, you know, watching the entire show is going to let the VIPs of the company, the booker, the promoter, the stage manager, the, the head camera guy, the, the freaking, the tenured guy that's been there for a long time, it's going to let them know that you're interested, guys. So if you can watch that around them, like if you can watch the monitor backstage near some of these VIPs, a lot of times, uh, almost every time, almost 100% of the time, from my experience, these people, as they're watching the monitor, these guys that are there week in and week out, they're going to be giving some live critique of matches as they happen. They're just going to be tossing it out to no one. I do it sometimes. I go to companies, I sit backstage, I watch the monitor, and I don't help myself, I just speak out loud, like, ooh, I wish he would've did this instead. And I'm really not speaking to anyone, and lots of guys do that, especially experienced people. And you can go watch the monitor with them, and you can just listen and absorb some of this live critique, what they're looking for as it's happening. And hey, this is also a great opportunity to ask questions. I love it! If I am watching a monitor backstage, and a young guy just happens to wander up and stand next to me and watch the show and I just vomit out some of my critiques that I'm just really offering to no one and he goes, well, why? Why do you think he should have did this? I I love it when people ask questions like that. And then you can start talking and that immediately makes me go, wow, this kid's interested. Mm -hmm. Like he's actually interested in what's going on. Not just my opinion, but he's interested as to why this guy should have went left when he went right. Why he he zigged when he should have zagged. You know, so I I ask questions and show how important it is to you to know and learn more things about this company and wrestling in general. So one of the worst habits that I have seen recently, and this is the one that I saw very, very recently, is you got younger guys, you got brand new guys to a company, and they huddle up in the locker room far away from the monitor or from the curtain. Not every company has a live monitor backstage, you might just have to look through the freaking curtain. But They're on their own in a group discussing, I don't know, what happened on the last pay-per-view or the last Monday Night Raw. They have zero regard for the live pro wrestling show that they are at right now. They're more interested in discussing what the big leagues are doing and stuff. Guys, I understand that. And you can talk about that stuff in the parking lot after the show or maybe before the show or maybe at the restaurant after the show, whatever. But I need you to be interested in where you are contribute, make it known that you are there to be taken seriously and contribute to the overall success of that particular organization and yourself, your own personal corporation. That is you, you know, the, 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 you, the independent contractor, the independent professional wrestler, you're, you want your success as well. And one of the ways you're going to get that is to show how interested in learning about that company you are. So if you can, I want you to watch the show near the promoter, the booker, the champion, or, or whoever else might be determined as kind of a VIP. Okay, like I said, because you're going to get that good free information being tossed out. You're going to be able to pick their brains. Being like, so if if you've got, you know, if you've got the booker, if you've got one of the decision makers of a company that you want to get good with, watching a show, giving out free information. And you could pick his brain and be like, so why are you, you know, you're looking for this on your, that's a great way to be like, here's what my employer wants. Mm-hmm. I can give him that. And now, you know, because you paid attention, not because you were huddled in a corner talking about uh, Monday night raw. So watching the show is also a great way to determine whose feedback you should take seriously. Okay. So I'm going to be blunt. If you watch a terrible wrestler perform when that wrestler comes back through the curtain and later gives you critique for your match. You can nod, you can smile, be polite. Okay. Be polite. But you can know that his opinion is probably not that valuable. All right. Just, that's just go out there. I'm not ever saying that it would be okay to listen to someone's critique and be like, shut up. I don't, I know that you're not good enough to do that. Of course, you're not going to do that guys. This is still a professional industry and business, but you know that if this guy's giving you some information that you think sounds a little strange, and you watched his performance and it was very strange in a bad way you know that you don't have to necessarily value value that information that well so watching the show is one of the best ways to determine whose feedback needs to be taken super seriously okay and that again that applies even if you were the first match on the show you're the first match you didn't get to see anything you haven't seen anybody else wrestle you went out there did your thing you still watch the show now you see everyone else wrestle. Now you know who to ask about your
0: particular match or who to watch next time. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so what I'm getting basically, <laughs> yeah. kind of in a nutshell, what you're, you're saying or the way I'm taking it is you know, they're at a job interview still. Just absolutely. because you're on the car yep. doesn't mean that the interview is over. It's not, you're not all clear and good to go. That's oh, right. Yeah. So, I mean, in every interaction and the way you do anything is going to matter if you're going to get booked again. Right. Um, you have a good match, but you're horrible in the locker room and you're not paying attention or, yeah, you know, I mean, yep. there could be a lot of things. Absolutely. Do no, you're button.
1: right on all notes. Absolutely. That's exactly right. The you're Remember, these tips are for people that are fairly new to a company. You're trying to make a good first impression or a good impression in general. So... That you're still there, you know, you're still there being interviewed, basically, by being there. So huddled in a corner, I'm telling you right now, if I'm the guy making the decisions on who comes in, and I see you over in a corner, not paying attention to anything, on your phone nonstop, never talking to anyone, never watching any of the show, I'm not super interested in having you back. I and mean, that's that's straight from me. And everyone's different, but that's that's one.
0: Yeah, I know, John. Yep. Whenever I'm hiring anybody for my mm-hmm. team, the first thing that I want to know is that they are here to. Help the team, yes. and not just there for their individual. Yes. Like I, I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, but I would get um like graduate assistants or you know mm-hmm. someone that wants to shadow, and I would say, well, why do you want to do this? And yeah. they'd be like, oh, well, I know, I, yeah, yes. I know that if I work with you, then this is going to help me. Yes, I'm like, well, I, yes, I could see that, right. but because because you? you're networking and you want to network, so it's a right. valid point, but. I want to know that you're here to make me better, right. the business better, while you're here. That, right. you know, I want that out of it. So.
1: We know that you all want to go to WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, right. PWG, a, a place that can pay a little more, whatever. I understand that. So every place in between there is a stepping stone. I get that. But that doesn't mean that you're just going there to do you and not worry about anything else and not contribute to the show in general you know, you remember. Pro, this is something that doesn't get talked about enough. I think I mentioned it on an older episode, but I'm going to bring it up again here. Pro wrestling is still a team sport. I understand you're not in a dugout, you're not all wearing the same uniform, but your uniform, your blanket, your is is pro wrestling. Yeah. And you are all in a team sport. There. I mean, Jim Ross, Jr. You know, he does commentary for AEW now. He's legendary voice of WWE as well. He talks. I've heard him talk at length about. When he was in talent development and he was hiring people, if they had experience on a team, like a football team or something, that was a huge bonus for him because he knew that they knew how to get along with other athletes. Mm-hmm. But if they were just solo, you know, who knows what, they were just a bodybuilder or whatever, and I'm not saying that that means that they're going to be bad or not a team sport guy or anything, but I'm just saying if they had no experience with a team background, it was difficult for them to contribute to a pro wrestling locker room as a team. You're all getting dressed in the same locker room, guys. You are a team. Just know that, okay? So remember, you're a team. You're there to network. You're there to learn and contribute. So let's move on to the next one here. So you're brand new to a company. You're trying to make a good first impression. I want you to give complimentary feedback only. I want you to save the criticism right now, okay, for this point. So, all right. I like to be super straight with people on this podcast, right? I don't want to hide anything or sugarcoat anything, so let's not camouflage this one. I want you to kiss a little ass with this one, guys. I know, okay, okay, it's time to brown nose, all right, Uh, a little bit. I'm going to dive into that, but I just, I don't want you to think that I'm trying to hide anything from you. So remember, I'm talking specifically to brand new members of a company. You're still at your job interview, all right? So, I definitely phrased this particular one, you know, to grab a little bit of attention. But essentially what I mean is save the criticism until you become a little more established there, right? Until you prove your value, you don't need to contribute a lot of negative feedback to people, all right? So you've watched the entire show already. We talked about that. You've watched the entire show, as I mentioned earlier. So now you've certainly seen some things that you enjoyed and some things that you did not. It's going to happen every show. You're going to see some stuff that you're like, ooh, it's going to happen save the negative things for later, okay? But I want you to let those performers whose performances you absolutely enjoyed, I want you to let them know. And I want you to be specific. I want you to let them know like, hey, I loved what you did out there and here's why. Or here is the particular thing, a certain sequence or finisher or movement or mannerism or head nod or whatever. I want you to let them know that's particularly what you enjoyed to show that you actually did pay attention. And that, you know, that one quality meant something to you. And ask questions, right? Be like, man, you did this. I don't really know why you did it. But when you did it, the crowd loved it. And I was thrilled. It was amazing. Why did you do that? How did you know to do it? You know, ask questions, guys. Learn. You can really learn some great, amazing things out there. I had, there's a there's a local guy. Um, His name's Luke Langley. And I learned something from him that, you know, as recently as, uh, as, 2019, Very recently. We're still learning constantly. And he, you know, we, we had a discussion about when you clap your hands in the This is an interesting thing to dive into real quick. But like uh, clapping your hands in the ring to make the fans clap along with you and how it's kind of like. Well, why are they clapping if you haven't done anything yet, or if you're not doing anything? You know these fans are clapping, and it's also like it's it kind of it's kind of cheesy and takes away from it when like you want the fans to clap in one particular moment, so you start clapping to get them to clap, and it's like ugh, it's just a weird thing. So what Luke did or does to this day, watch Luke anywhere if you can ever get a hold of this guy, check him out, watch him. Luke will hit a move, and then he'll kind of look around at the crowd and he'll start shrugging his shoulders and and just imagine like somebody with their hands out from their sides and he just starts shrugging his shoulders a little bit and the fans would start clapping when he did that and it worked almost every time and it looks so much more natural and so much better than just hey please clap for me please clap for me i love that and that's something that i'm like man where did you learn that how did you know to do that why did it work so well? And why do I love it so much? Okay. And we sat there and talked about it. And I, I don't know. That's just something that like, I learned recently that I absolutely loved. Like, So you don't have to take away from your own performance by being like... Because you never see John Cena in the ring clapping for himself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. The fans know when to clap for John Cena. And that, that's, that's a, an extreme on the other side of the, the range right there. But that is something that I want. You can get there, guys. You absolutely can. So, um, like I said, you know... I want you to just save the harsh criticism for later after you become established. Brand new unestablished faces coming into a company for the first time and dishing out harsh critiques to like tenured roster members is an instant negative impact, okay? That that is hard to get rid of. Save those for later. Show you're attentive, show you're ready co- to contribute um, first before you start breaking down what's holding a company back. All right, guys, what do you think, Aaron? I mean, as far as, like, the negative feedback and whatnot, if you're a brand-new person and, and I'm walking in, if you hired me today, you know, just based on my application and my interview, and then I walked in and immediately was just, like, hammering every other employee with how awful they were. I yeah, mean, like, I that, that's, that brings down the entire joint as well, right? Yeah
0: it, makes, yeah, it makes you feel or it would it's make me think that everything. you're not yes. a team player, really, right. because you're already criticizing... You, you know, I do this with strength coaches. I'll have people show me programs and, yes. they'll, and they'll say, Hey, what do you think about this program? And it's like, Well, I don't know who he wrote it for. Right. I don't know this person's condition. I can't really, I can't critique it. I don't right. have all the information yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I need some more time. Let me, I'd yes. have to dig into it. It's the same thing here. It's like, you've just seen a little piece right. of that one show. You don't have all the information or what's right. going on. Um, so you definitely have to wait. So I 100% agree with that. Just in you, your building, uh, the relationship, yes. your networking—that's what it's about. You know, your brown nosing a little bit, uh, like yeah, you sure, said. sure. But, I was but, trying to be funny a little bit yeah, there, but you—you're yeah. you're, you're right, yeah. But you have—you have to build that, um, you know. People want to know that that you care about what's going on, but yep. they can't take your opinion until they respect you and what you're doing and there how you much go. you do care about the company. That's absolutely
1: right. So. Absolutely, I love it. Absolutely, you hit the nail on the head, guys. I hope you enjoyed what we talked about today. I want you to head on over to Facebook. I want you to type in at how to become a pro wrestler, and I want you to join our private Facebook group. Let me know if you've experienced any of the stuff we've talked about today, or if you think you're going to. You know, use some of these methods that we've talked about today. Let me know if you've ever gotten negative feedback from someone, how you took it, how you gave it out yourself. One day, you know what what it means to you to become an established person. What do you think brand new people in a company needs to do? Get on that Facebook group. Let me know. All you got to do is type in at How to Become a Pro Wrestler. You can find it. You can join it. Answer the questions you're in. You can talk to me and Aaron and all the other members directly. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast, where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. And Don't wait for your opportunity. Take it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast.
0: My name is John, and I am at the table with Aaron. Aaron, how's it going, man? Hey, John, I'm doing really good today, man. I'm excited as always to be here. Yes. Uh, I just made some uh, Thai tea. Hey, so, okay. Uh, I'm enjoying that. So, anyway, excited. I think we got a pretty cool topic today. I think we got a cool
1: topic as well. We got a topic that um, I, I have to talk with a lot with the, uh, the kind of mid range journeyman pro wrestler that kind of gets lost every once in a while. But let's dive right into it because today we're going to talk about learning to pivot, all right, and how growth in pro wrestling is not always linear. It happens to the very best of us, all right? From trainees, to the pro wrestlers themselves, to the promoters, to everything in between, at some point or another, you will feel like you are spinning your wheels, unable to move forward and towards your bigger goal. The growth you experience in life and pro wrestling will not always be linear and super easy to track, all right? Sometimes you've got to learn to pivot and focus on different aspects of your journey, If you feel stale in one instance, focus on improving another to better your chances of progressing overall. Guys, please don't forget to head on over to YouTube and subscribe to How to Become a Pro Wrestler on YouTube. We shot some good videos today that'll be coming at you very, very soon. There's some really good stuff over there. There's an episode of our podcast on there if you'd rather listen to it that way, if you get all your stuff from YouTube. And uh, check it out. Subscribe on YouTube. Please click the bell. That way you always know when we post a new video. Alright, I can't tell you how many young guys and gals I've talked to in a locker room who say they've tried it all. They, they never skip practice, they work on their promos, they train hard in the gym, but they still feel like they're going nowhere. So today Aaron and I are going to go over a few ways a wrestler or a, a promoter or anyone else in between can pivot to still feel like they're making some progress. And remember, success is isn't always as straightforward as a ladder going straight up, right? Often success is more like a mountain that you have to climb. Sometimes you gotta climb up four ways and then you gotta you gotta take a switch back and shimmy sideways yeah. before you can take a couple steps up before moving sideways again. You're going left and right and taking a few steps up as you go. Yeah. So it takes a little bit of time, guys. It's not just a straight ladder up. I know the saying is the ladder to success, Mm -hmm. you get that, it's a phrase, but think about it more like a mountain where you're switchbacking side to side as you go up. It takes some time, some people faster than others, but you know what, we put in the work and we all get there to the summit at some point. So all these steps lead you closer to that summit, but many are going to be harder than the ones before it, all right, it doesn't necessarily get easier as you get to the top, a lot of times it gets harder. So you can always work on you, right? your wrestling fundamentals and beyond. So you can always get into a ring, you should be practicing weekly inside a pro wrestling ring, mastering your fundamentals, your gymnastics, your tumbling, your rolling, your one arm rolls, your back rolls, your forward rolls, all those different aspects, vaulting in and out on the turnbuckle, coming up and down off of the apron, all of these things you should be practicing On at least a semi-weekly basis, if not every single week. Every time you get into a ring, it's always good to warm up even with sets of rolls and things like that. The, the basics never go out of style, and that's why they're the basics. Mm-hmm. So always remember, you can work on your fundamentals. And I said and beyond, because there are things beyond your fundamentals, things you could be doing that we've talked about in the past, like head and neck bridges and nip-ups and things like that, getting up and down in the ring a little faster, evading people out of a corner, more advanced techniques. A lot of those you can actually find on our YouTube channel yeah. if you check it out. We've done in the past. And different warm ups and exercises and things you can be working on inside the ring that will help with your ring fundamentals. Not to mention all of the bumps and things that you can do in there from flip bump, back bump, face bump, and everything in between.
0: Yeah, John, there's something to be said to mm-hmm. when you're kind of stuck. to go back like kind of back to the beginning or back to the basics and this that really just i don't know why mentally though Mm -hmm. it can kind of reset you absolutely kind of may have you rethink about uh some of the things you may need to do to progress Mm -hmm. so uh yeah that's it i love that one that one's great
1: i work out you know I, i primarily work out at our facility here where the ring is and stuff it's a nice facility it's where i get most of my best workouts in But there have been times when, I don't know, like you you get into a certain mindset, your brain feels kind of like not necessarily on par, and I will go into my garage at home Mm -hmm. and do a solid workout. I have a pretty good amount of equipment there that I did all of my working out during COVID and things like that. It's where I did all of my working out, and it really centered me. It really helped me focus on the fact that I can stay in really good shape without having a really nice facility mm-hmm. if need be. So sometimes I'll still go out in my garage. It's kind of like getting back down to basics. It's yeah. like it's like Rocky going back to his home gym where he first learned how to box mm-hmm. as opposed to the nicer one he gets into later in the films and stuff. So get back to your fundamentals. That might be your roles. might be promos for some people. Whatever your absolute basics that brought you to the dance in the first place, yeah. revisit them from time to time. Yeah, for sure. So you can always work on you and we talked about wrestling fundamentals but you can always work on your actual character as uh, as well. So think about yourself in different ways. Think about your character as a heel and as a babyface. What could you change? The the best way. Like if you're a babyface and you're tried and true and you've been a babyface for a while and you start thinking about what you should or here's how you should start thinking about turning heel, you should say what is the simplest thing that I can do? To now be a heel. Not like the most complicated, complete, total overhaul transformation. Mm -hmm. What's the simplest thing that I can do to be hated instead of loved? So a a lot of times that's just turning your direction at the crowd and talking at the crowd like we talked last week instead of with the crowd. Um, It might be um, attacking verbally or physically in pro wrestling a beloved Mm babyface. Who knows what it could be? But the, the simplest way is the best. Not just like, okay... I'm a babyface, I wear blue and yellow, and I high-five all the people in the front, and I wear streamers, blah, blah, right. blah. Now I'm a heel, I think I'll just wear all black, I'll get rid of the streamers, I won't high-five anybody anymore, yeah. and I'll chop down my hair. Don't worry about being super complicated. Mm-hmm. That might come over time, but keep it simple, especially if you're transforming your character. So, also think about your promos as a heel and as a babyface. So, your next promo, think about it this way. Think about... How would this come across if I said it at the crowd, like I mentioned before, instead of with the crowd or to the crowd mm-hmm. or to my opponent or to my partner or whatever it might be? Think about transforming your promos in the simplest way possible. It might just be the the afflective speech that you use, yeah. right? You might change the way that you speak, your cadence, the way you cut your right. eyes at the camera or at the crowd might transform you in far more subtle and intense ways than if you did like a complete overhaul and you started screaming like a maniac for no real reason when you've always been a soft-spoken person. So your promos are a great place to start as well, working on yourself. And then of course we talk about it all the time on this podcast, your body. So think about improving your body. It's, it's something that like we talk about with bodybuilders. Like let's say a bodybuilder, he's like, man, I wish my, my shoulders look bigger and better. I want my shoulders to grow. And he's just doing Overhead press after overhead press after overhead press. man, why won't my shoulders grow? Well, the the fact is, your shoulders have three parts. They got a, a front, side, and rear delt, right? So, if you want big shoulders, you can't just sit there and do overhead press, overhead press, overhead press. You got to do some front raises. You got to do some reverse flies, some face pulls, all these things to work on all three different portions of your shoulder to make them look big and impressive and amazing. Your career as a pro wrestler is the same way. Yeah. If, you're, if your if your in ring technique is excellent and you practice those fundamentals all the time but you're leaving gaps by not practicing your promos and really filling out your entire basics of pro wrestling then that's why you feel like you're not making any progress because you're not just progressing one thing or you are just progressing one thing as opposed to everything but your body itself your actual physical look is something you can always work on Mm -hmm. to make yourself feel better and it will give you a crazy mental boost yes
0: definitely I would put that one up there with the physical body, mm-hmm. um, almost similar to going back to the basics, because mm-hmm. both of those are a very mental thing yes. that you may not realize that can really help you work through or learn to see where you need to pivot you know, right. to keep moving forward. Right, absolutely.
1: All right, I want to move on a little bit here and talk about traveling, okay? So guys, ask me, What do I do? I'm not booked. I wanted to be booked. I tried to get booked, and I couldn't get booked on this show. Should I just wait and do the next one? What should I do? I have nowhere to go this weekend. I'm an active pro wrestler, but I have nowhere to go this weekend. Here's the thing, guys. Travel anyway. Travel even if you are not booked. If you are not booked, that doesn't mean take the weekend off. You can travel. You can go to a show and introduce yourself to a promoter in person. If you Mm -hmm. emailed them, now go introduce yourself in person. Let them see you. Let them feel your handshake. Let them talk to you a little bit. Tell the promoter your story if you have time. Then most importantly, offer to help. Mm -hmm. I almost guarantee they will accept your help. I have never met a promoter. That didn't want some free hands to help set up chairs, tear down chairs, the ring, the lighting, all that stuff. Offer to hang flyers next time. Ask them how you can serve them better. Show them that you care and always bring your gear, by the way, as well. We've mentioned that before as well. You never know because you get in good with them. By being respectful and helping them at one show, and then you offer to come back the next time to help them hang up flyers, and all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you walk in the door and they go, Did you bring your tights? I hope you did. All right, always pack your gear because
0: you never know how quickly that could turn around into an opportunity for you. Yeah, there was a couple guys that uh, came into the gym, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them was wearing an AEW shirt. Okay. And so I start, just struck up a conversation, yeah, yeah. and they didn't know that you know we had this of podcast yeah, or yeah. You know, anything about us here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were real excited. Uh, and then uh, they came in. They used the ring a little bit. We introduced them to Brad over yes, at AEW. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, they started doing a little training and working mm-hmm. with Brad some, and they just did their first uh, local show. It was yes. actually in the town that they grew up in. Right. But they did a... Uh, I don't know if they actually had their first uh, match or not. I wasn't able to make the show, but they uh, had some action. Though. Yeah, 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 they yeah, had which some is action. The start. There. They were yeah. shooting some promos with Brad and uh, his brother and stuff. So, yep. but I mean, all of that was was just mm-hmm. coming in, and they they helped him. They did. I think they helped him set up one day. Right. And then I think that he made a need security, and yep. they did security uh, one show, and then now all of a sudden they're in this you know kind of little feud with Brad. And, and there uh, you go. Yep. That's, it can be as easy yep. as that sometimes, guys.
1: Show up and show them that you care. Act interested and do your part. I mean, it's just like anything. So just go and do your best, and you typically get something good in return. So go and offer to help. If you're not booked, go anyway. All right, so here's a very important thing that applies to wrestlers, promoters, and everything in between. Ask questions. If you see a wrestler doing the things you want to do, ask them how they did it or how they got there or how they're doing it now or how they get to do it so often. All right. Ask them where they got their gear. If you like the gear that they're wearing, ask them where the gear maker is. Mm -hmm. Ask them how they got so good at this one particular thing. Are they great at promos? Ask them about how they they progressed their promos. Ask them how they got booked on TV once. If you saw them on television at AEW and now you see them at your local promotion, ask them how they got that Mm -hmm. booking. Where did that come from? or elsewhere at any company that you might actually want to aspire to work at, ask them, how did they get there? It's very important. Yeah. If you are a promoter, and you see a company with a sold-out, packed house, and you have yet to achieve that, it's time to ask them. Ask them, what did they do? How did they succeed? The answers are usually pretty simple, but you'll never know unless you ask, right? They may just tell you, we promoted like crazy, and we hung up flyers everywhere and we went door to door. That might be the answer. And if that's it, that's good. That's information yeah. that you needed, that you can value, that now you know how much work you have to put in to get your show to look like their show. Mm-hmm. Never be afraid to ask. We, we, all, we should all be helping each other. Yeah. Sure. Um, very important thing is like, and this happens with promotions a lot wrestling promotions, really unfortunate, and wrestlers as well. But never, ever, ever in my life have I ever gained anything by putting someone else down, right? right? Yeah. Like I have never earned anything for like dogging someone else. And I've also never lost anything for helping someone else, mm-hmm. right? So be helpful, right? Go out there and help and provide and it'll be given back to you in return. You're not gonna lose anything for helping someone.
0: Yeah, no, I love when new like uh, personal mm-hmm. trainers and stuff mm-hmm. come and ask me questions yes. to pick my brain. Um, I and I, And I love doing that to other people yeah. and this is something, um, it was a Mr. Rogers mm-hmm. uh, uh, movie that he had out. Okay, yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's a really good movie. Yeah. So uh, watch it. But there's a scene in there where uh, he is visiting a gentleman who has cancer, I believe, mm-hmm. and he's dying. Yeah. And he goes over to him, and his son, his this guy that's dying, his son's with him, but Mr. Rogers goes over before he leaves, and whispers kind of something in his ear.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, and then they, he leaves with the son, and the son says, "Well, why did you ask him?" And he, he he said, "I asked him to pray for me." Yeah. He's like, "You asked him to pray for you? Like he has cancer? Why would right, you do that?" Right. He said, "Well, you know, I figure he's closer to God yeah. than almost any you know yeah, than anybody." Yeah. So, and that, but I, I guess the point is that's kind of like a hard thing to ask. Like, right. why would you ask that question to right, someone right. like that? But after I watched this movie, um. I actually asked a guy who had a brain surgery. Yeah. And I was talking to him. We were just at the water park, and our boys yeah. were playing, and we just had struck up a conversation. It's like, man, how did you get through that? Yeah. Which is a a question I asked a stranger. On, yeah, yeah. on how he how he got through that. Right. And we had an. I learned so much yeah. about mental toughness. Yeah, yeah. And like what he what he did to be able to push through everything that he was dealing with. Right. So I get. I guess the point that I'm trying to get is. At, Really think about those in-depth questions, because mm-hmm. uh, if people are willing to talk, you can gather so much information that yes. you wouldn't even think they would be willing to share with you. Right.
1: And so. apply it to all different aspects of yeah. life. Like, absolutely. So never be afraid to ask, guys. Never be afraid to ask. Never be afraid as well to try new things. If you've been a babyface for too long, maybe it's time you explore being a heel or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So that might just be as simple as wearing something different, saying something different, but Never be afraid to explore new things. A lot of times they say the best time to turn a, ba- a heel into a babyface is when they're the most hated. Like that when the crowd loves to react to them, now have them do something heroic, and all of a sudden the crowd is already happy to cheer for them because they already were happy to be loud for them. So, And that kind of works both ways, but yeah. never be afraid. But you know, if you go to a promoter and you say, hey, you know, I know I'm a babyface, but can I be a heel? That's not enough. I want you to provide a little more information to them. Tell them why. Tell them how. Give them some options. Tell them that you've been really thinking about this. Don't, don't just go and be like, I'm bored with this. I want to try this. Mm-hmm. Give them some reasons why. And um, put some actual thought and effort into it as opposed to just like, I'm going to be a bad guy now. Yeah. All right? Go out there and do something different. Something for your character that's going to benefit you in the long run. So here's the most important thing I really want you to take away from today. You probably really, really don't need more experience. You need more experiments, okay? So I need you to stay curious. You can improve your I mean, just not just wrestling, right? You can improve your memory, your mood, your motivation for everything, not just wrestling, by simply trying new things and improving multiple different aspects of your life. Get a little bit better here, a little bit better there, and you start to feel better overall. Your mood improves, everything improves from that. You've just got to learn to pivot. Mm -hmm. So doing this also improves your adaptability and agility to acquire new skills. So that's something that a lot of people lack is the ability to... To like bounce and learn something new, grab something new, and then adapt. Adapting is something that my wife struggles with tremendously. If anything is like out of order or a plan falls through, she's Mm -hmm. not really good at adapting. So it's something I work on her with. But um, I actually feel like I'm really good at pivoting and just being like taking it for what it is and switching gears really quick in in a lot of different ways. In matches, that comes in play, in training, that comes in play. Um, You know, if I'm in the gym, and I need to use the the whatever machine for something, and it's been taken up. I will pivot in a heartbeat to something different and get it done anyway.
0: Yeah, we talked about the botch mm-hmm. a few episodes yes, ago. We did. So yep. you know,
1: pivoting it's a great way there. adaptability to get over the botches as well. So mm-hmm. in the future, you will be able to overcome fears that used to slow you down, all the while discovering new talents and fulfilling your potential, guys. All right, please don't forget to head on over to Facebook and join our private Facebook group. It is at How to Become a Pro Wrestler. You can check out all the talk on our different options like our YouTube and our Strong Style program at HowToBecomeAproWrestler.com. Mm-hmm. And you can talk to anyone that listens to our podcast. You can talk to me and Aaron as well. So head on over to that, guys. Check it out. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, thank you so much for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast, where we teach you the skills that you need to go from your living room to the main event. And don't wait for your opportunity, guys. Take it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. My name's John. I'm at the table with Aaron today. Aaron, how's your day going?
0: Hey, John. I'm doing good today, man. I'm Full of energy for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I got a, an upper body workout today, so nice. I'm pretty pumped up about that, I guess. Heck so. yes.
1: Well, I just did legs, so I'm glad we're sitting down. I'm feeling crippled at the moment, so good deal. All right, guys. Well, let's jump right into it, okay, because I know the the title alone of this podcast, you've already seen it. You've already clicked on it. This could be controversial to some people, but we're going to dive right into it, and hopefully I'm going to explain myself well today to where you understand that I'm not attacking you. I'm actually trying to help you. So today's episode is titled, Take Your Shirt Off, all right? Once your entrance concludes, so does your shirts right to remain in that ring. Using your shirt to cover the fact that you are not happy with the way your body looks isn't fooling anyone but you. It's time to utilize that emotion and fuel the fire to transform your body into something you can truly be proud to display inside the ring so you don't feel the need to cover it with a t shirt. All right, and that's going to translate to all walks of life, not just pro wrestling. All right, guys, please head on over to our YouTube as well. Subscribe to our YouTube. Click that bell so you know when we add new content. It's How to Become a Pro Wrestler on YouTube. All right, so just from my experience in pro wrestling, I believe the potential for this topic to ruffle a few feathers in the indie wrestling world is high. I I, I think, you know, I I was intentional with the title of this episode. I'm sure some people bristled at it. But, you know, I would like to, to open with a disclaimer, though. So, like we have mentioned dozens of times before, there are no blanket rules in pro wrestling, right? There have absolutely been examples of when a t-shirt inside the ring fit the occasion. I know there are wrestlers out there that have wrestled some. You're going to name ones that have been on TV that have done it before. I'm sure that's great. That's fine. Yes, I know it happens. Terry Funk has wrestled in t-shirts. Mankind wore a button-down shirt. Like, I know it's happened before. It's happened as parts of gimmicks And it's like in in like a street fight scenario, you might see Triple H walk to the ring in a t-shirt and and fight, you know, in a t-shirt during like a street fight, you know, with the occasion called. But I'm talking about just actually slapping a t-shirt on your back. I know I said there's no blanket rules, but for the most part, I think that you need to take that t-shirt off. Okay, I know there's been examples, but that's not what we're talking about today. You know, I'm here to argue that um, those examples are very few and far between and that if you, you, the listener, you the one that's wrestling in a t-shirt truly analyze yourself. It's unlikely that you are one of those exceptions to the rule. If you're being honest, okay, in no way are we here to shame anyone about their physical appearance. Instead, we are hoping to fire you up to make the positive change to transform your body, your self-confidence and also open your eyes to some options that are far better for covering up than just yeah. a t-shirt. That's one thing I want to be clear about. I'm actually talking about t-shirts guys, literal t-shirts. There are people out there that cover up their upper body as a proper part of their gear. We had Sam Stackhouse on this very podcast before. He has a great gear set up. Very similar, reminiscent, and homage, if you will, to Bam Bam Bigelow. That's a great outfit. Mr. Nasty, a wrestler we've talked about local here before. One of my good friends. His new outfit. Wonderful. It's part of his gear. What they're not covering up their upper body with is a t-shirt. And also, those guys it's part of their gear and they're not ashamed of the way their body looks. It just fits what they're trying to do. Okay. Uh, Trust me, you can go find some shirtless pics of Sam Stackhouse all over the internet. I've seen him. I see him every day. Bless his heart. All right guys. So let's jump right into some of the reasonings behind all this stuff. First off, I'm wanting you guys to be honest with yourself. I do not think that you need to look like a bodybuilder to take your shirt off. Number one. Okay. I think the first thing you need is confidence. And then I think you need self-awareness, all right? I'd also like to mention that when I say shirt off, I am literally talking about your T-shirt, right? That's what I just said, okay? Singlets and other custom ring attire is awesome and you should use it. Um, Before we, earlier today, when we were talking about this podcast, Aaron and I were discussing some local people and you brought up um, Chris Morrison, uh, who I think is going by Brawler Morrison. I was looking at him uh, before we started recording today. I I went back to make sure. And um, he's one, locally, um, I've, I've known him for a while. We're not, you know, super close or anything, but I've known of him for a long time because he's local. Right. And um, uh, he's transformed into this kind of brawler personality. He, he, you know, intentionally kind of uglies up his face by squinting his eyes and brown, his forehead and mm-hmm. stuff. And he's got the, the, the missing teeth in the front, which kind of fits the persona, yeah. takes his shirt off. By no means does he look like a bodybuilder, but it right. comes across as pretty authentic yeah, because definitely. of the way that he wrestles. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's simple self-confidence, guys. Yeah. That is him having confidence in his ability and his, his ability to pull off the gimmick that he's doing, yeah. right? You know, he looks like a dirty, vicious brawler. Yeah. That's exactly what he does. So there, there's there's I'm, – I'm seriously not saying that you have to look like freaking um, uh, The Rock to take your shirt off in the ring by no stretch. Mm-hmm. Um all right, guys, there is a 95% chance that you wear a t-shirt during your matches because you are not confident enough to go shirtless, all right? I, I'm, I'm telling you, that might even be too low, 95. I'm giving a 5% chance there. Uh, there. That might even be too low. That might be more like a 1% thing. But we'll be that as it may, we'll go with 95. You feel that if fans saw what your body looked like, they would no longer take you seriously. That is the honesty. That's where you're really trying to take this or I'm trying to get you to look. And guess what? You're right, all right? And with that simple logic in mind, why are you wrestling in the first place? Now, remember, I'm not attacking you, so put together everything I've said so far. You feel like the audience would not take you seriously in, if you took your shirt off. So you're not confident, so you don't have self-confidence. Regardless of what your body looks like, you're not mm-hmm. confident. And if you're not confident in yourself, I promise you the fans are not going to be confident yeah. in you. And we've said that on here a million times that like, if you don't believe in your performance... Then the fans aren't going to believe in your performance if you don't believe in your gimmick. Um, if I called myself, you know, Street Fighter John, and I went out there and did, you know, like I tried to do some punching and kicking and didn't believe in any of my punching and kicking, the fans aren't going to buy it either because I'm not going to be following through properly with that stuff. You have to believe in your style. You have to believe in your outfit, your your body, everything. You got to believe in it to do it. So if you're covering yourself up, you're not self confident. Fans can pick up on that. Um. So seriously, with that logic in mind, why exactly are you wrestling? You know, What gave you the right to become a pro wrestler but neglect to train your body properly as a pro wrestler to at least build enough confidence to where you can rip that shirt off, okay? I understand that this sounds a little mean in ways. Um, I'm willing to take the risk at upsetting a few followers, but the truth absolutely hurts, okay? And I, I just want to inspire you. To change that mindset. If you're not confident enough to go shirtless in the ring, then you're not ready to be a pro wrestler. Mm -hmm. All right? That's straightforward, guys. And that means work on your physical appearance, work on your self-confidence. All right? Change your style if need be. Work on whatever you need to do to where you can bridge that gap and fix that. So let's talk about why what you wear and what your body looks like actually matters. I mean... It's not rocket science, right? Like, this is pretty straightforward. The companies that you want to work for that will pay you to be a professional, I want you to look at their rosters. And I guarantee that the vast majority are pretty confident with their shirts off, regardless of what they look like. They're probably pretty confident with their shirts off. And now if we're going to go all the way to TV, I mean, you want to talk about WWE and AEW and stuff, look, yeah, go ahead and look at them. How many people don't look like bodybuilders? Like, yeah. I, and I get it. That's a different world. There are companies out there <clears throat> and independent places where you can still make money, Look at their rosters too, guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious. like They are confident with their shirts off. It's a sad truth that a lot of wrestlers with great potential get overlooked just based on the first three seconds that a promoter sets eyes on them. Their picture, you know, promo video, whatever, etc. If that employer has a particular look in mind and you don't fit it, then it's over long before you can demonstrate your actual wrestling ability. You might be actually pretty competent in the ring. But if you're not what they're looking for physically in appearance, then you're already kind of behind the eight ball on that. All right. Um, Maybe there are employers out there looking for wrestlers that don't fit the mold of a bodybuilder, but I promise you, this is another one of those things, right? You should take as many guarantees in life as you can, by yeah. the way, before I say this next line. You should really take as many as many times as you can get a like, oh, that's guaranteed. You should just take that because you don't get a lot in life. Um, but I bet there are employers out there looking for wrestlers that don't fit the mold of a bodybuilder. But I promise you that looking like you train regularly, looking very confident in your body, looking closer to that bodybuilder look is going to be a positive every single time. Yeah. No promoter. No one is going to look at you and go, He works out too much. (laughs) Nonsense. And again, I don't need you to look like a bodybuilder. I just need you to look very competent as a performer. Look a little stronger than the fans, which I'll get into a little bit more later. Um, This is something Aaron and I have discussed before. There's a safety issue involved with with not being physically fit. Um, You don't have to look like John Cena, again, to be physically strong enough to support an opponent during like a slam or a suplex or whatever. But you do have to be fit and I can always tell who is and isn't physically capable of performing in less than probably 60 seconds during a match. I can usually tell by watching their footwork before they even lock up who is at least semi competent as an athlete. And I mean, guys, if I can pick that up in 60 seconds, the average fan can probably pick it up in 2-3 minutes. Yeah. You know, like like seriously, you have to be a better athletic performer than the person sitting in the front row like you should be you just need to be you need to be larger than life you're a pro wrestler you need to be impressive compared to them regardless of what you look like so um your self-confidence like i mentioned earlier is a major factor on your performance and your career in general to be honest like you got to believe in yourself to even go anywhere but um if you feel better about how you look you will wrestle better yeah simple straightforward if you're you're wondering right now like what's another way that i can become a better wrestler i need to learn a new move i need to get faster i need to you know take more bumps whatever here's another way you can get better get more confident with the way that you look build self-confidence lose the weight build the muscle whatever you need to do if you look better you're going to wrestle better you're going to talk better and you're going to be better it is that valuable you will look better on posters And you'll be a better commodity for any company that employs you Mm -hmm. by putting you on the poster. I talk to promoters a lot about their posters and stuff and about like, hey, I understand that this person right here is not your champion at the moment, but like, we should get them on the poster, Like, even if it's off to the side or something. You should get those impressive-looking individuals on your poster if you don't already, but most promoters already know that. Put them on the front. Make them champion, even if need be. Um, that's not the only thing that qualifies you to carry a company, of course, but it does get you on the poster if you ask me. It's impressive thing for fans to see um, is that, oh, wow, there's some freaking athletes on this. That's impressive. That's a draw for me. I want to
0: see these athletes in action. Yeah. There, so on the self-confidence, yeah. is, I get that I'm doing something new that I haven't done before, and mm-hmm. I it just kind of – Hit me. I was like, "Oh, this kind of resonates." Mm-hmm. Um, so my wife signed me up to do this ballet, the Nutcracker ballet, yes, right, yeah, thing. Yeah, so I'm yeah, doing yeah. that, and I have to dance right. in, in it, and I've never done anything like this right, before, right? right? And um, but I'm uncomfortable that mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go try to perform this dance right. that I've practiced three times right. to out on a stage. And um, the, one of the first things that came to my head, that I was like, "Why am I? I got to do something to make me feel good more than practice, right? right. I'm going to practice and right. practice and get it." But the next thing, I was like, I need to get, um, I have to wear a suit and I don't have like a a new suit. I'm like, I'm going to go buy a new suit. Yeah, yeah. Just because I know if if mentally, if I feel like I look really good, I'm going to perform better, right? At least I have one less thing to worry about. I don't have to worry about how I look. I look good. Right. And I'm going to be able to go out there and focus on just performing. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: It's super important. Things, I mean, it's one less thing you have to worry about. And the better you look, the better you dress, all that good stuff, taking that shirt off and being impressed with your body, it's going to make you feel better. It's going to build that self-confidence, yeah. guys. Absolutely. Now, you need to look unique standing next to a fan, which I've mentioned before, and I'm mentioning it again here. You cannot simply blend in with the crowd. It is vital that you stand out. Yes, you might look similar to someone in the audience, depending on your character, your gimmick, whatever, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be the one with the biggest arms. Like, I mean... Yeah. Maybe maybe your character is a a a like a rocker, heavy metal something, you know, whatever. Like maybe that's it. Maybe it maybe it actually fits your character to wear like ripped blue jeans to the ring. Mm -hmm. That's great. I think that the shirt should come off, even if it is like a metal shirt or whatever. I think that you should be wearing a singlet underneath if need be. But I think that if you're standing in the crowd with your ripped blue jeans and your t-shirt on, maybe you're signing autographs or something. Yes. I bet you can encounter a fan wearing ripped blue jeans and a heavy metal T-shirt. However, you better have bigger arms, bigger shoulders, and a more impressive stance than that person. Carrying yourself more confidently with your shoulders up and locked in place with your arms looking big. That's an important thing, guys. At least let me be able to pick out the wrestler in the lineup, even if everyone's dressed the same. That's very important to me. I want to be able to see that you are, in some ways or another, an athlete and you know big strong power lifters those are athletes too you can look like that there's nothing wrong with that you know a guy I can't remember who
0: what mm-hmm. uh, the wrestler's name was he was mm-hmm. on uh, WWF back in the day but mm-hmm. he wore um just like the white undershirts like that are like a tank okay. top yeah 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 and j- just yeah I remember like that was I really, I really liked him. I can't remember. I can't yeah, believe I, I can't was, remember. Yeah, I think
1: that was—is is that Dean Ambrose, who's yeah. now John Moxley in AEW? No, no, no. It's, it's,
0: it, this was before that. He's retired. Sort of yeah, yeah. He way did before. that as well. But yeah. I, but like okay, so. Way but just on that, the T-shirt yeah. thing because sometimes I, 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 yeah. I really enjoyed that. And yeah, yeah, that went yeah. With, yeah. The, character, right? well with it, the character, it fit well with the
1: character though. Yeah, that matters. Yeah. So, even, but, it,
0: but it made him look unique then. Like I mean, right? No, hardly anyone was ever wearing that. Sure. He wore black boots. He had jeans on, and then he had that on, and and. And he wrestled really good. Right. Um, anyway. Absolutely. No, if it, I mean, if it
1: works, it works. Again, there's no blanket rules. Like, even talking about Dean Ambrose, like, he, he used to wear the, the white tank tops and jeans um, after the, the shield broke apart and all that stuff. Like, that was his outfit, and we, it worked for him. And, hey, guess what also, though? He was super confident in his body, and he looked great. He looked like an absolute athlete. Yeah. You would really ask, like, why would you cover up that body? Like, you know, but it fit his character to look that way. So he wore it. That's that's an example of wearing something because it's good for the gimmick, yeah. not because you're unconfident in your own look. Right, like, right. That you're not. Which goes to my next point, which is this: you're not fooling anyone. All right, the crowd, your peers, everyone in the locker room knows exactly why you're wearing that shirt. I want you to wear your shirt in your entrance during signings. Uh, if you're moving about the venue, yeah. if you're interacting with fans as long as that sucker's on sale at your merch table. all right? that is awesome. Sell your stuff, take it off before the match, toss it to the crowd, make it a big deal. That's great, but do not think that anyone is buying your logic, that you only wear it because it's quote unquote part of your gimmick. No one's buying it, guys. You can tell yourself that all day long, that's fine, but no one's buying it. We know why you wear that shirt. And it's not okay. I need you to build confidence. I need you to build that body up. That's that's how we do these things. So you can rip that sucker off and throw it to the crowd. All right? So what to do instead, right? I mean, number one, right off the bat, I've said it a thousand times, but train and gain some confidence, okay? This one is simple. It's not easy at all, though, or everyone would be doing it already. Um, you already know this one, of course. You avoid this one. You think you can put a disguise on this one, um, so you skip it, right? You're like, ah... I can just put my T-shirt on. I don't have to work out. You may not actually say that, but that is what you're saying. Okay. The best way to improve as a wrestler is to train your body in the gym. Lose fat, gain muscle, gain confidence so you can take that shirt off proudly. You do not need to train, look like Cena or or Seth Rollins, etc. I just mean to train to the point that you look and feel like a professional. That's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. All right. That level of confidence could be different for everyone depending on gimmick, style, personality, all that good stuff. Um, some alternatives, okay? So there are actual alternatives out there to wearing a t-shirt because I am talking about wearing a t-shirt. And let's really, before I even get into this one, let's really think about, here's what I see when I see guys wearing a t-shirt. I immediately think that their confidence is low in their self. I immediately know that they're hiding something. And then, during the course of the match, the shirts get what? They get sweaty. They get baggy because they get pulled and stretched. Yeah. And they just look ridiculous by the end of a match. They Mm -hmm. just, they look terrible. It's a terrible look. I... I changed what I wear in the gym when I work out because I didn't like by the end of my workouts like my sleeves being kind of stretched out and stuff and, and shorts like I used to wear. I used to wear just regular shorts that would kind of get stretched out and they'd be baggy and loose by the time I was done with my workout. And so I switched my entire, I wanted my outfit to look the same when I was done with my workout as it did when I started. So like that stuff matters, guys. it that little Those little bitty appearances, even and, and I'm talking about the gym, right? right? Ain't nobody watching me in the gym but me. And it bothered me enough to where it affected my performance. Mm-hmm. So this is bothering you enough to affect your performance. And you're in there supporting people's necks while you flip them through the air. Right? So that's what you got to be careful about. Take as many of these little annoying distractions out of your life as possible so that you can perform better. Yeah. So let's talk about some actual shirt alternatives. Number one, singlets. They are a great alternative to shirts. Custom singlets can be just as fitting, just as flattering as your trunks or your tights or whatever. Um, uh, if getting fit, so here's one, This here's a hack. Everybody wants hacks and cheat codes and fast paths to, to like fitness and stuff. Here's one for you if you're a pro wrestler. Um, if getting fit is overwhelming to you, then I want you to focus solely on getting some powerful shoulders, arms, and chests. So when you put on a singlet, you look freaking awesome. Like maybe you got a big gut, whatever, who cares? Maybe your legs aren't crazy impressive. You're going to work on that. That's great. But like you're putting on a singlet and you got big old shoulders, big barrel chest, big old arms. That looks impressive, guys. That's okay too. That is at least one step in the right direction. So there's a a little life hack for you because you're like, man, I hate fitness because I hate cardio and I don't like doing squats. And even though there's another episode where I'm going to try to convince you to do those Mm -hmm. things too, today, you know what? That's okay. If you would at least just start with like, you know what? I'm only going to work out twice a week and I'm just going to do my arms. Okay, fine. Well, at least I got you doing, doing something. something. That's like that. great. You know, walk on the rest of the days. That's fine. And work out in the ring, of course. But but let's focus on one thing so you can look impressive in a singlet. That would be great. You've also got like singlet alternatives are like just like generic, not generic, but like there's various different versions of um, custom style tops. So, like I mentioned, Sam Stackhouse, he has the full zip-up, bam, bam, bigelow style mm-hmm. outfit. Mister Nasty has the the that that purple outfit that he wears is great. There, yeah. there are all kinds of examples out there in the world of custom tops. Rey Mysterio wore one for a long time that blended right into the pants that he wore. Just at like a, it was almost like oh, a yeah. tank top, but it 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 fit like gear. You know, it was mm-hmm. still spandex. It was still gear. Um, it went all the way up to his neck. Um, he's wore singlets and stuff as well in the past, even. Talk about Seth Rollins and the shield, like during their days in the shield, I would argue that Seth Rollins had the best body of all of them. Like he's, he's ripped, he's shredded. You see Seth Rollins now, he just wears his tights. You can see his body. He's absolutely looks great. Amazing during their days as the shield. He wore a top. He was one of the, he wore a top the whole time, right? Like, I mean, would you, what would you think? you like, Oh, he would be the one without the shirt, but he wore a top and it worked just fine. It wasn't a t-shirt. It wasn't a t-shirt at all. It was part of their gear and it looked great. So there are custom style outfits, tops out there, Um, plenty different styles you can do. You need to work with a gear designer to see what's available. Maybe it's a jumpsuit like Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, But any of those things look amazing in the ring
0: compared to a t-shirt. Okay, And you should take advantage of these options and make a change for the better. I think your point, you know, where you want to look different than the mm-hmm. person in the crowd mm-hmm. and you know, maybe wearing the jeans and then the yep. metal shirt and stuff like that. I, I've you know when I've kinda of had that same thought whenever they're coming in and, mm-hmm. you know, they walk down and everything and yes. but after they get done with the entrance music, yeah, yeah. They're in the you know, they're in there to wrestle and right. put on a good performance, but yeah they just it just yeah. looks like they just walked out of the crowd it and, and yeah, climbed yeah. into the ring.
1: It's frustrating. Um, those Most of the time we say that the fans are the ones that wanted to be wrestlers, but for some reason couldn't make it. So, like, they're buying tickets to see you. So, you, they shouldn't look at you and just go like, well, I guess I could have did it. Look at him. Like, that. that is already, like, destroying the, the mystique and the, oh, yeah. the value of pro wrestling right there, right off the bat. And you don't want to be a part of that. Like, just as much as you shouldn't want to have a match and something go wrong where you mess up a a move or something or mess up a sequence or spot or whatever, you shouldn't want to immediately have people in the crowd questioning, like, how is this guy then there? And I'm not like, I I don't, I don't want that to be the reason that they're not taking you seriously. All right, but all right guys, I hope that wasn't too harsh. I don't think it was because I really am trying to, to pep talk you a little bit here. I want you to make better decisions. And again, I understand that there are times when the t-shirts can be appropriate but they're few and far between, and um, I don't think that in my 15 years as a pro wrestler, I encountered anything on the local scene that I would say was appropriate. You know, yeah. unless they were have, unless it was like, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a Tulsa street fight tonight, and uh, the guys come to the ring. You know, instead of their tights, they're wearing their, yeah. their their jeans and their boots and stuff. Like, I get that. Like right. that that's part of it. Like that makes it feel different. But when you just come to your match and you're just wearing a t shirt. We understand why you're doing it, and
0: uh, let's fix it. Let's make it better. You know, we have... we had a few people post some of their gear mm-hmm. on yep. the private Facebook page and I really enjoyed that cuz yeah. I like seeing what they had and yes. I, and they were just showing it off maybe looking for some opinions I can't mm-hmm. remember what all but guys if you have anything like that I mean you can go to that Facebook page yep. and I'd love to if you have ideas for your gear or even where you're getting your gear oh, yeah. get, get on there and uh, post some stuff and you know get some feedback from
1: the group. For sure post it up in there head on over to Facebook at @how to become a pro wrestler join our group and do what Aaron just said post us your ideas of alternatives for t-shirts or just let us know about your gear in general i love looking at gear especially quality stuff let us know where you got it yeah Um, everybody's always looking for alternatives in different places and different qualities and stuff so let them know help out your peers is what it's all about this is teamwork so let's make it happen all right guys thank you so much for listening how to become a pro wrestler the podcast where we teach you the skills that you need to go from your living room to the main event and don't wait for your
0: opportunity guys take it